This is the Kineo Equipping Podcast. All right, well, hey, good morning, everybody. Uh, thank you so much for being a part of Gospel Center Marriage Week 2. My name is Matt Hoford, and this is my wife, Emily. And I'm on staff, one of the pastors, and you have a very full-time job of taking care of a household and five kids. And you want to share a little bit about ourselves? Yes. <laughs> yes we, we didn't practice this part. We have five <laughs> kids. Um, our oldest is 10, 10. I don't know, they just kind of had birthdays, so yeah. 10 down to almost three. So um, I'm home with them. I used to teach school before I had kiddos. We've been married 14 years. We got married on New years. Year's Eve. Yeah. That was really fun. It was a really fun day to get married, but nobody let me know that you can't find babysitters on New Year's Eve. So. Uh, yes. We celebrate with our kids usually. Yeah. So. Yeah. Awesome. But it's good. Yeah. Well, guys, we're talking about communication and conflict. So just for, for my benefit, how many in this room are engaged? Show of hands. Okay, then I assume the rest of you are married. Very good. So we have a few engaged couples, and then the rest are married. Uh, another honesty question. How many of you did your reading in Chapter 5 of The Meaning of Marriage? A few of you. Very good. Awesome. Hey, he, here's the thing is you very well could not do any prep work and come and hopefully benefit some from what we talk about on a Sunday morning in this class. Okay, so if for whatever reason there's a week like, ah, I didn't do my reading, I didn't do my before class work, that's fine, come. All that to say, you'd be deeply missing out if you did not do the reading and also the before class stuff. Because the reality is, is this is kind of designed to hopefully learn and glean from the people who are teaching it and also from each other. But also there's so much kind of before class work that can be done that will really allow you to set, set yourselves up well to have discussion about this content and also dig deeper into what we're talking about. So this before class stuff in the book really helps take a hour and 15 minute class over the course of four weeks and deepen it a lot. So I just want to encourage yeah. you to, to keep reading, to keep doing the before class assignments and that's going to really set, your, set yourself up well for the class but also just allow you to deepen your marriage in general. So. I would love, though, to kind of start off with this. For those of you who read this, what was a key takeaway from chapter five? And the more kind of back and forth discussion we have, the better, and the more we're going to be able to learn from each other. And so you guys have read it. You guys are newly married. You, you get a free pass this morning, at least for, for this portion. But how many of you read chapter five? And then what was like a key takeaway from the Keller book? Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. So yes. you think you marry somebody, and then you figure out there's more to that person than you thought. And or even if you know them super well, fast forward five, ten years, it's like, oh, you're a little bit different. So, yeah. And yep. you're different, too. Yes. And you're different too. <laughs> yes. Very good. Yes, Melanie. The importance of truth, the importance of love. Yes. And most important, grace in the mix of that. Yes. Mm. Truth, love, and grace. And... We were talking about this the other day. People tend to be really good at one or two of those, but to be able to combine all three is a very hard thing, but a very important thing in the context of life, but especially in the context of marriage. Yep, so truth, love, and grace. Very good. Give me one or two more things. Key well, takeaways. The takeaway was um, just the, the love languages. Yeah. Knowing your partner's love language and yeah. um, them knowing yours and the importance of that just so you can you know, communicate effectively. Yes. Yeah. Love languages are huge. Knowing how to love your partner the best, the way that they actually feel loved is a big deal. Very good. Give me one more thing. Chapter five. Uh, 
tension coming in from yeah. from your parents. Yes. Her parents and my parents are different, and we <coughs> loved each other different for communicating that. Yeah, the for sure. The that we have for each other. Could be different. Yeah. And sometimes you don't even know what those are. Like right. you don't even realize what you're coming in with. They're just kind of in you. So he gave the example of changing the dirty diapers. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we got a lot of dirty diapers in our day. Yeah. Very good. Hey, I think the one of the, the big things for me, uh, and this is so true, is the ability for a spouse to either speak truth and like really build up their partner. And I think he mentioned like you could have had people telling you your whole life you can't do something, but if your spouse says, hey, I think you could do this, like, really, like I can? Mm -hmm. And so, so just the power of your words in the context of marriage and how you really can lift up and build up and spur on your spouse is a big deal, so. Yeah, she gave the example of the whole world sees you as Clark Kent, but I know you wear blue underwear. So <laughs> yes. I thought that was cool. Yeah, very cool. Well, yeah, guys, so keep pounding away at this reading. It's very solid stuff. Uh, if you like audiobooks, it's available on audiobooks as well, so depending on what you prefer, keep plugging away with this material. Hey, I would love to uh, dive into a passage here in a second, but I'm, I'm just curious, how many of you would say, kind of back to your point, Adam, how many of you would say that you feel like your parents, whatever home you grew up in, they modeled communication and conflict in a way that, like, I, I want to be like they were. So just, just show of hands, how many of you had parents that you want to replicate the way that they did conflict and communication. Show of hands. Okay, so I figured it'd probably be like not most people, right? Yeah, so a handful of people from a room of, I don't know if there's 30 people in here or so. So that means that the rest of you then at least saw some examples where it's like, I, I don't wanna be like that when I grow up. Well, now you're grown up and you're either married or getting married. And so conflict and communication matter a ton. And the sad reality is, is most people don't have good examples to pull from to figure out how to do that well. And luckily for us, God's Word speaks to this in a lot of different ways. And so you guys should have uh, kind of dove into this material and these passages before this class, but we're going to revisit that. And so if somebody would turn to Ephesians 4, 25 through 32, I would love to have somebody other than my wife or myself read that this morning. So do I have any volunteers to read Ephesians 4, 25 through 32? Yes, thank you, Leah. Therefore, putting away lying, speak the truth, each one to his neighbor, as we are members of one another. Be angry and do not sin, do not let the sun go down in your anger. And don't give the devil an opportunity. Let the thief no longer steal, instead he is to do honest work with his own hands, so that he has something to share with anyone who no foul language should come from your mouth, but only what is good for building up someone in need, so that it gives grace to those who hear. And don't grieve God's Holy Spirit, who was sealed by him for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness, anger, and wrath, shouting and slander be removed from you, along with all malice. And be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving one another, just as God also forgave you in Christ. Awesome. So just looking at this really quick, even if this is your first time looking at this passage, what are some of the commands that you see in this text? No foul language. Yeah. 
No foul language. Speak the truth. Be angry and do not sin in your anger. That's huge. What else do you see? A couple more in there. Put away anger and wrath. Yeah. Put away anger and wrath. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Not let the sun go down in your anger. Yeah. So don't harbor this anger for like days and weeks and let it fester. And a small problem <clears throat> over the course of time becomes a huge problem because you didn't address it. Very good. Yeah. You're right. That's true. Yes. Yep. Yep. Mm -hmm. yep. Hmm. That's good. Be kind, compassionate, forgive one another just as God also has forgiven you in Christ. <coughs> I don't know about you, Emily, but my, like as I read this, I honestly feel fairly good. Like, yeah, I think, feel like I do those things fairly well, some of them. I think the, the ones that really uh, speak the most to me is always be kind and compassionate and always use my words to build others up. So I don't know if I'm like an angry person necessarily. You're not. We talked about last night. Matt's more of a, he doesn't say them at all. Like, yeah. you know, you, you use, you sometimes just don't say the words. Yeah. So do a better job of actually speaking uh, I'll words. call you out on your stuff. Yes, if to that's my okay. wife. <laughs> that builds her up. Yes. So. Mine was just the combination, and I think Melanie talked about it, but like the speak truth and also being encouraging and building up. And the word encourage, I'm, uh, someone told me this a while ago, it means to give courage. Um, so I think you can do one of those well, and I'm, you know, I'm probably more on the side of just like being positive and encouraging, but yet kind of shy away from the truth speaking. So just doing those at the same time. Yeah. We talked a little bit about, are we going to talk about now, like letting the sun go down? Yeah. yeah. Um, we have let arguments last a little too long at times. So, and does it necessarily mean you can talk about that? solving it at 1130 at night. <laughs> yeah, no, here's the thing. Half, half the time when we get in the conflicts, the sun's already gone down. Yeah, because the kids are finally and, in know, bed, and, and now everything's like, coming out. And, and it's like we're kind of both bad. almost sleeping, and like we're going to talk about this or not. And it's like that. that's probably not the best time to do it. When, when you're both irritated, you're both tired, you're like, the heck yeah. with this. However, the principle there is don't let conflict, don't let anger go unresolved. Yeah, deal with it quickly. Deal with it quickly, yeah. So very good. Very good. Wait, I would love to uh, not maybe dive into the passage 528 in Ephesians just because I think you spent quite a bit of time on that last week. But the overarching principle in that will really lead into the rest of our discussion this morning. And it's my hope that you guys had fun kind of doing some of this before class material. And so all that to say, when you filled this stuff out for your spouse or fiance, like how many of you just absolutely nailed it? Like, yeah, I... I know my spouse or I know my fiance. In fact, I got a perfect score on this thing. As far as she's a morning person, he's a morning person. What are, what are they reading? What are their insecurities? Favorite types of movies? How many like, yeah, I, I totally nailed this when it comes to my spouse or my fiance. I didn't do too bad. Yeah, a few. I missed yeah, I mean, two. Yeah. yeah. I didn't know two, I guess. Yes. All right. Hey, Jeff. Come, come on in. Come on in. Hey. Uh, how many of you, and it's good to be honest, how many of you, like, yeah, I, I got a lot of work to do when it comes to knowing my spouse and or fiance better? Anyone willing to admit that? These weren't two tough questions. Yeah. I had a hard time with the last two. I didn't know yeah. what you were insecure about, and I didn't know what you were reading your Bible, which was kind of sad. Yeah. But it was fun to talk about that. Yeah. But 
created some good discussions. So. Very nice. Good. All right. Well, hey, the. The reality is we want to continue to get to know and know and study, for lack of a better word, our spouse or fiance and just continue to deepen that relationship. And the reality is, is a husband and wife should be increasingly aware of each other's, and here's your first fill in the blanks, physical, spiritual, and emotional needs. And a lot of times conflict comes up because we don't know what those things are. We don't know how to best address and or love our spouse and care for them. And so if we're trying to do something or say something or love them in a way that, that they don't receive love well, we have good intentions, but we're kind of missing the boat there. <coughs> All right, so here's the thing. We're going to go over some, and I, I think this stuff's really funny because I think of a lot of stories and examples, and it makes me laugh, and yeah. hopefully you as well. These things we're going to go over are general differences in communication, okay? And so there might be examples where it's like, no, actually, the husband is more like this or the wife is more like this. But in general, these things tend to play out, okay? So we're going to go over a handful of, of ways that men and women are generally different and kind of how that goes give some examples and then I think as the, as the morning goes on you're going to be able to see that might be a source of conflict or that might be why you do this or that might be why I think this and so hopefully these are uh, both educational but also fun as we think through some of these things. So first of all the brain the way we think believe it or not men and women typically tend to think differently than each other and so men are generally focused and categorical and women are generally Holistic and integrated. Yes. So focused and categorical is the men, and women was holistic and integrated. And once again, this is not like one of these is 100% right and the other one's dead wrong. It's like they're just different. Yeah. Right? And I don't know, maybe you've heard the, the, the expression men are like waffles and women are like spaghetti. It's so like men can like compartmentalize and, and have all these different things going on and one doesn't affect the other because they can kind of keep things separate and then women are like spaghetti where it just kind of is all together, right? And if something is going on in one area, it affects the other. Yeah. And we had a hard time thinking of a specific example about that. I was like, this is just all of life. This is like how we communicate and parent and so, I don't know. Did you have a good example of this or? I mean, I like, I want one example is, I can be very focused on one thing and ignore everything else. And so when we are at home, there's times yeah, where our kids, like Ethan will be upstairs saying, I need to get wiped, or one of yeah. the kids will be screaming, or, or something's happening, and I'm in a zone in something else. My wife's looking at me like, do you, do you, you not hear, hear that? Like, all that's I honestly on. don't. <laughs> I really do not hear that because yeah. I'm focused on this thing and yeah. can tune everything else out. Yeah. And I mean, I think another thing when it just comes to conflict is, I don't know, guys, we can typically yeah, that's true. tend that's to not true. let something that happened yesterday or a week mm -hmm. ago or a year ago impact us a lot because we can kind of close that off and deal with something else. Mm -hmm. Whereas I think with women typically, it's kind of it kind of together. all just comes together and you can't really compartmentalize that. So that's true? True. Awesome. <clears throat> Next one, the use of words, how we communicate or what we communicate. All right, lots of fill in the blanks. Here. Lots of fill in the blanks here. Men generally use minimal words and communicate facts for the purpose of solutions. So once again, minimal words, communicate facts 
for the purpose of solutions. And women generally. Oh, I do this one. Ma use maximum words and communicate feelings for the purpose of empathy. Say one more time there. Yep. Go ahead. All of them? You go for it. Okay, men generally use minimal words to communicate facts for the purpose of solutions, and women generally use maximum words and communicate feelings for the purpose of empathy. And I had thought about this a lot, but like for the purpose of, I hadn't thought about it as much. And I, men more so, the purpose of solutions. Matt's always trying to like, well, let's just figure out the solution here. And I'm like trying to talk for the purpose of empathy, and I hadn't really thought about that before, so. You got an example? Well, I was like, every text thread that we go back and forth on is explaining this exact thing. So I brought one up. You were driving back from? I was driving back from Ames last Friday. Last like, Friday. And it was really, the roads were not very good. I mean, it was really So I texted blowing. Matt. I was like, it's starting to come down pretty good now. Drive safe. I, I hope it was worth it. Put on a good audiobook. Drive slow. He sends me back a video of the road. Which I'm, is, I'm like videoing this, and you there's can't like snow. I mean, it's like see. near death experience. That's it. There's no comment, and no I'm like words. Sad. I'm like, yes, capture this beautifully. And I was like, I'd love it if you made it home alive. So it's totally fine if you stop if you need to. You, uh, you took off early. Did you make it? Nothing, nothing, nothing. <laughs> I said, How are you feeling? I have to pick up Maddie at 2 30. Do you need anything? He and, responds, This was I, later I after he had made it home. Sick, like after I got home? He's like, My body and head hurts. I'm eating soup now. No thanks. It's like, good night. I hope you get a good night of sleep. He's like, love you. <laughs> I was just like, this is every text thread. It's like, my purpose is to like communicate feelings and emotions. And he's like, what needs to be communicated? Yes. How do we For say a solution. For so. a solution. Yeah. And I, we talked yesterday. I don't want to communicate that like one is better than the other. Because yep. it seems like, well, why wouldn't you communicate for solutions? But I was like, that would be a really boring marriage if all you did was talk about solutions and facts. And, you know, it's... One way is not necessarily better than the other. It's just, I just wanted to make yep. a note of that. So, I think another thing too. Uh, this has not happened very often, or hasn't happened for probably years now. But I think we would say yeah. that our most challenging times as parents and as a married couple, like right after we had a baby, and like the more babies we had, the more compounded that seemed to get, at least. And so there, there'd be a handful of times where. Uh, Emily, I'd either be out of town or I'd be at work or something, and Emily would either text me or call me and be like, such and such is happening, and such and such. And my mind or this kid's having a hard day, or yeah. and he's at work, you know. And, and I'm like. I was like, I really did that? And you're like, he was like, yeah. <laughs> but the thing is, like, my mind immediately goes to solutions. Like, kid's having a hard day. Why is he having a hard day? How can we fix it? Or you were like, I can't do anything about yeah, that I was like, today. I can't. Yeah, I'm I, at work. I can't fix it. <laughs> I can't. Like, what, what do you want me to Or I'm, you know, out of town yeah. or whatever. And you wanted me to just be like, it sounds like you're having a hard day. We literally, I just realized, <sighs> we woke up this morning and I was getting ready and I was like, I've got nothing to wear, babe. And he's like, that must be really frustrating. <laughs> I was like, Nailed it. we are totally going to teach the marriage Nailed class today. It. And that's not normally what you That say. sounds really hard. <laughs> <laughs> so, but that is true. Like, I didn't want you to solve my problem. Yeah. I just wanted you to hear me. You did not want me to come pick up clothes for you. Correct. No. Because that would have been bad. No. That would have been bad. Yep. All, All right. right. Do, do you guys see this play out? Like, I, I see guys shaking their head, women shaking their head. Yeah, a little bit of giggling. Like, does anyone want to share a story? We really like, like stories. And if the answer is Let's no. Let's just say if you yeah. think of one as we go through. Yeah. Yep. So as, as we're going, I would, I would love to get some other examples. 
kind of rolling around here. Hey, I'm going to have you write down one uh, thing. And, and maybe we should say probably it's probably better us. to throw yourself under the bus than yes. your spouse yes. <laughs> in the a large group. The goal of this morning is to not create more conflict. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. Let's just so, throw that uh, out if there. If you're going to throw somebody under the bus, throw yourself under the bus. But guys, most of you have probably seen this video before, but if you have not, have you seen the video, it's not about the nail, like on YouTube? So just write, it's not about the nail, and then Google it, because I think that gets at a little bit of this right here. You really should. Yeah. It's a good one. All right, and one more thing that I'll say is, guys, I think a little bit of this burden falls on us to just empathize. I mean, to try not to always solve problems and think of solutions, but just empathize and try as best as you possibly can to enter into the world of your spouse. I have a hard time doing that, but I feel like when I do that, it's like, wow, that was, that was almost magic. Like, it was crazy how, how much that either de-escalated conflict and or spurred conversation on. Because when I try to fix it, it's like I fix it, or I think I try to fix it, and, and then it just kind of shuts stuff down. But if I can draw Emily out with questions, or that feels hard, or, I mean, it's like we have a 10-minute conversation. Like, wow, this was awesome. It's almost like it was magic. And so, guys, I'm challenging you to do a better job of empathizing and relating to your spouse. All right, things, what we find important. Men are generally interested in the big thing. And women are generally interested in all things. <clears throat> I'd say that plays out a little bit in our marriage. I'm, I'm more big picture, kind of forget about what happens over the course of a day. Yeah. And you're more we got to figure this out now. Let's have fun now. Let's do something now. So, yeah. Good. Relating. Men are usually side by side slash recreation. Yes. What did he say? Like a gator. Women are usually face to face and conversational. I think this is true. I, I uh, like the outdoors a lot, so I find myself a lot like fishing in a boat with somebody or doing something, like solving a problem or accomplishing a task. And it's like, wasn't that a great day? It's like we might have said 10 things to each other. But because we were accomplishing the same task and working towards the same goal or outcome, it's like, that, that was a bonding experience that we yeah. just had. And I'm like, what'd you talk about? And what like, happened? And you're like, I don't, nothing really. Yeah, we just, like, we just did something. Yeah. yeah. Very and good. I'm like, we hung out with the ladies. What'd you do? Well, nothing. We just talked. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. It's like, awesome. Great. Great. Well, guys, the bottom line is communication is different because we are different. And we get in conflict because we do not see things from the same perspective. And here's the great thing is God in his uh, sovereignty, God in his wisdom, God in his knowledge actually designed it that way. I mean, the fact that we see the world differently and the fact that men and women are different was not a mistake. It was very purposeful. And so I, I don't want to go through this, but you're like, ah, oh, man, I w wish it wasn't this way. No, it's supposed to be this way. The challenge for us really is how do we uh, best understand the other person and then how, how do we best communicate in a way that they understand and that we can actually have back and forth conversation and conflict resolution. And so here's, <coughs> I mean, if you could give maybe one, one piece of advice I think this is true for both men and women. When seeking to communicate, make your goal to understand them first and then to be understood second. 
So seek first to understand, and this is true in your marriage, this is true with anyone you're communicating with. Seek first to understand and then to be understood. And I think people can kind of get into the, the mode of listening to reply. So sometimes people, like I'm talking to you and you say something and that immediately triggers something in my mind. I'm like, oh, I can't wait for the next break because I'm going to say this. And I do not listen to anything she says for the rest of the time because I have my response and I'm keeping a hold of that and I'm remembering that. And I don't hear what mm -hmm. you say. I think some people too, uh, they try to one-up people, right? Or they try, try to top, right? So it's like, I had a hard day. Well, my day was harder. It's like, that, that doesn't solve anything. I mean, that just creates more conflict. And I think another thing that I do too in this, uh, as soon as Emily says something, I will try to solve the problem almost immediately. Like, I have a solution. But in reality, she doesn't want a solution. She just wants me to understand and hear her and interact with her and engage her. Would you say anything else as far as that goes? Understand, understood? No. Correct, yes. True. Yes. Yeah. You, yeah. This played it, Matt actually does a really good job of this. We, I, I just think this is kind of a random example, but we were sitting there eating pizza with our kids yesterday. We went out to lunch, we ordered a pizza. I had a half-eaten piece of pizza on my plate. It's ran, it, it was random. I, all I said to Matt was, I only ate one piece of pizza. And I kind of said it like that, and I think, he, you weren't sure what was, you were kind of offended. You think I assumed that you ate more than you should. I don't know, it was kind of weird. But we all have these moments. And you sat there for a second, you looked at me and you're like, what did you mean when you said that? And I just explained, it had nothing to do with anything. But just for you to, instead of being offended by it, yeah. you were like, what did you mean when you said that? Yeah. That was a small example, but. Yeah. Seek first to understand. Seek first to understand, then be understood. Excellent. Yeah. I know. I was trying to even figure out what I even meant. Yeah. I don't know. We have a lot of kids that eat a lot of pizza that we're needing more. <laughs> Very good. Hey, uh, we're going to dive into conflict a little bit. And the reality is, is conflict happens. I mean, it isn't one of those things where it's like, hey, let's try to avoid this. You're not going to avoid conflict. I mean, if you're real and if you're authentic and if you're honest and if you do life together, you're going to have conflict. The question then becomes, how, how do we best deal with this? How do we best resolve this? And thankfully, Scripture speaks to this as well. And so here, here's the thing. Uh, everyone has conflict. The critical thing is, how do you deal with it? And we're going to dive into a very popular passage. It is Matthew 18. Once again, we're going to have somebody else read this. So as soon as somebody has Matthew 18, 15 through 17, feel free to just start reading it out loud. We might just have you read everyone from now on, David. <laughs> this is great. My audio yes, yes. Awesome. So this is a, a biblical way to deal with conflict, and it's a short passage, but I think it's very profound in what it says. And I think one of the most profound things it says: according to this passage, who's the one to take the initiative when sinned against? The one that sinned against. The one that sinned against. So. 
It seems counterintuitive, or at least we, we tend to twist that. Well, you offended me, therefore you should do something. It's like, well, half the time, the first, at least in my case, I don't even know that I offend somebody. I, I'm not even aware of that, because I'm naive or whatever the reason is, but it's the person who has sinned against who's charged with the responsibility to go to the person who sinned against them. So here's the thing, and I think this is probably true for both men and women, especially in the context of marriage, is you are going to offend your spouse and you are going to be offended by your spouse. And a lot of the times you might not even know it if you're the offender. So I just want to encourage you, don't stew on that. Don't hold it against that person. Like Address it and bring it up with, hey, when you did this, when you said this, it really offended me, or it rubbed me the wrong way, or I felt this, like, oh my gosh, thanks for bringing that up. And then it's out in the air, out in the open, you can actually talk about it and seek resolution. Yeah. Good. <clears throat> Nearly every circumstance is best to confront your spouse in private. I mean, very rarely does it go a long ways in a good way when you call somebody out, especially your spouse, in front of like a big group of people. And we try, at least I try, to like justify myself, so I'll probably even add a little hurtful language or, or hard, like, see, she's clearly wrong. I mean, guys, do you, do you agree with that? I mean, that, that's not good. Like that, that does not get you very far. Here's the reality, though, um, is if there is not resolution, it doesn't mean, ah, we'll just forget about it. Like, if you're bringing it out in the air and you're trying to seek resolution and it's not coming for whatever reason, then you pull somebody else into that, not for the purpose of yeah. like trying to get them to see your side. Well, see, I'm right, right? And she's wrong, right? No, no, no. The ultimate goal of this is resolution. Not to win the argument, not to make yourself look good, but the ultimate goal is resolution. Do you have anything no, to that? No, that's great. How many of you would say, and once again, show of hands, that when you get in an argument with your spouse, your ultimate goal is resolution. Like, I don't care who wins, I don't care if I look like an idiot, all I want is for this conflict to be resolved. How many of you would say, actually, I, I'm kind of competitive and I like to win? <laughs> yes. Yep. So I love how this passage points us to the goal is restoration. Get the conflict out in the open and seek restoration. I think that that, that is huge. All right. Yeah. Hey, let's uh, flip to Colossians 3. We're going to go 12 through 17. I think as we're turning there too, like pulling others in, like I just want to emphasize that. Yep. There are times, and there's been many times, I mean, recently Matt and I were trying to have this conversation, like with a flight of stairs between us and not in a pretty moment of mine. I was like, maybe we just need to pull someone else in to figure this out. You know, and it wasn't probably the best way to do it, but there's times where you look at it and you just can't, you can't get there. Like you're trying to resolve it, you're trying to restore it, you can't figure it out. And that's when you maybe pull someone in from your connection group. So I don't wanna, I think there's times where we sit on stuff too long because you're kind of prideful or you don't wanna bring your crud out in front of people. Um, but there is times where it's helpful to pull someone else in to resolve well, some That's the conflict. importance, I mean, really of just being in community yeah. with people. Because it's, it's hard to pull in a complete stranger. Like, yeah. if, if you don't know people well, yeah. and if you don't have that community, it's gonna, uh, who are you going to pull in? Yeah. Maybe a pastor, I guess. Yeah. But if you have that community, it's like, no, these people know me. Yeah. 
and they have my in our best interest in mind. Yeah. Go and pull them into that. Yeah. I think one thing that Satan does in a marriage is makes you feel like you're the only one or there's something wrong with your marriage or there's something wrong with you or your spouse and you know, when you get around people and pull people in, that can be helpful. To there's see something wrong so. with everyone. Yeah. Which is a kind <laughs> yes. of feeling sometimes. Wow. Oh, Happened to you. Yeah. That is really a good yeah. thing. Awesome. Somebody have that cautions uh, three, 12 through 17. Adam? Yeah. Put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another. And if one has a complaint against one another, forgiving each other. As the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. And above all these things, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body. And be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. It's awesome. <coughs> There's so much good stuff in this short text. I mean, this is like, if you're going to... I'm going to read it all week. Yeah, I mean, you can read this every day for the week. You can memorize it. I mean, there, there's so much good stuff in this text that's applicable to life, but then specifically marriage as well. But here's kind of the underlying theme I want you to see, a couple different things. What's our motivation behind forgiving each other? Based off of this text, what is our motivation for forgiving your spouse, a kid, a parent, a relative, a brother, a coworker? Yeah. You don't forgive them because they're awesome that week, or you don't forgive them because they Doesn't worked really it. hard to earn your, it's like you, you forgive them because Christ forgave you. And so I'm not looking for my wife to make up for her shortcoming that she just did, or she's not looking for me to, I mean, yes, I, I should have that, but ultimately if she grants me forgiveness and vice versa, it's not because each other is awesome. Because no, Christ granted us forgiveness, therefore he calls us to forgive those who offend us as well. So Christ is your motivator, not your spouse or significant other or whoever else you're in conflict with. I think that's a huge one. <coughs> yeah. Sure. Yeah. And I mean, talk about it and say he's forgiving. Ask to forget us in front of the courtroom and give us one and a hug. <laughs> yeah. Forget the past. Yeah. And, and, and but it was pretty emotional. Yeah. yeah. To watch the whole thing. Yeah. It, it showed true forgiveness. Yeah. 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 That's cool. And here, here's what I, what I want to point out too. Uh, What's the surefire way, according to this passage, to grow in those attributes? I mean, it's to let the word of Christ dwell richly among us. And so once again, it's not mustering up your own willpower. It's not, I'm going to try what? It's no. Like the, the more you are saturated in God's word, and the more God's word dwells in you, the bigger the overflow in your everyday life, which obviously a big component of that is the context of marriage. 
So I just want to challenge you, uh, both individually, but then as a family. I mean, getting God's word, let God's word saturate you. I mean, that, that's going to be something that is going to, I mean, we would even say this. Like, I can tell, and you can tell, when one of us has been not in our Bibles and in God's word and in prayer. Like, yeah. We can tell that. Because it overflows into our everyday life and it overflows into how we communicate and how we handle conflict and everything else we do. And so it's like, fundamentally speaking, we can try to teach you a bunch of different personality differences and men are like this, women are like this. Here's a couple tools to resolve. But, but ultimately, if you're not saturated in God's word, you're going to have a hard time as it is. So more than anything else, I just want to say, get in God's word and pray and just grow deeper spiritually. I think that's going to have a, a huge impact on your relationship with everyone, but specifically with your spouse. So, yep. awesome. Hey, uh, Josiah, I'm going to actually turn this over to you for a second. Uh, and this will make sense here in a little bit. But it says, there are eight words that have the potential of healing brokenness again and again. And they may be the most important words you'll ever learn. I've heard your dad say this a ton of times. Do you, do you know what those eight words are? Um. <laughs> He's like, I hope I get this right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> if not, uh, don't tell I my dad. Yes. Yes. I was wrong. Will you please forgive me? Like, if you can say those and you actually mean it, it goes a long ways because you are humbling yourself enough to admit, I actually am the one at fault. I made a mistake, and I'm asking you to please forgive me. Anything to add there? I just think sometimes I've struggled with my kids, and do I make them apologize? Like, that that's, was a parenting question of mine for a long time. Like, do I make you say the words if you don't feel them? But it's really interesting when you watch your kids, and you'll feel it yourself, like the <laughs> pride that breaks down when those words start to come out of your mouth. And just on top of that, like, it doesn't... Like, there's probably some fault that I have when we have conflict. I'm not saying that it was all my fault, but I do need to claim the fault that was mine, and that's all that I need to focus on. So sometimes it's hard because I'm like, well, you were wrong too, you know, but it's like all, I need, all that God is asking me to do and commanding me to do in Scripture is to say, I was wrong, please forgive me, take you know, ownership of mine, and then just forgive you for what yeah. you've done. So Here's one more just like bit of advice. When you're in conflict, don't say but. Like, take, take the word but, B-U-T, out of your vocabulary. Because what but does is it negates everything you just said. It's like, hey, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have said this. I shouldn't have done this. I shouldn't have done But, it's like, erases that. And I immediately go to, but, if you wouldn't have done blah, 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 then, and just take but out of your, your vocabulary when you're in conflict. That was a side note. Good. That was good. No buts. <laughs> no buts. No yeah. buts. Keep rolling. We get right. some questions at the end. So. You go through them. All right. Should we do the keys to resolving conflict? Yes. This first one's huge. Give the benefit of the doubt. Give the benefit of the doubt. Another way to say assume that is just yeah, the ass best. assume the best. Yeah. I struggle with this. I naturally struggle with assuming the best in people. Like when Matt says something or does something, my mind always, there I'm using that word always again, yes. tends to go to the negative. Like he, whatever, you know, Matt was sick a couple weeks ago and 
or what I, I think the example I thought of was like him sleeping later than everybody in the family. Like we're all up doing breakfast, da da da. And in my head, I'm like, he doesn't want to hang out with us. He thinks his time's more important than ours. And he's like, dude, I got up early all week. I just wanted one morning to sleep till eight o'clock. You know. So. My mind tends to go to assuming the worst yep. in people. So I, I think we, we had that a, like so if, big. I mean, we've been married for 14 years, and we had probably a, I don't know, one or two year period, three, four years ago at some point, where we would say that was probably the, the most, mm -hmm. like the, the longest period of time where we were in the most conflict. Like for, for whatever reason, we, we were, there was just tension. It was like, we know it's there, we don't want it to be there, we're trying to resolve it, but for whatever reason, it's just there. Yeah. And I would say, the primary driver of that for both of us was when one of us would say something or, or do something, our mind defaulted to assuming the worst. Yeah. Yep. Like, well, you said this because you didn't. And, and yeah, so assume the best. Very good. Okay. Avoid comparison. I could talk about this, but I don't know if I... Yeah, I, I, I tend to compare to myself even. I don't necessarily tend to compare Matt to other men. I tend to compare him to what I would have done in that situation or whatever. So just be careful on that. Any more? Agree upon well-defined roles and responsibilities. Agree upon well-defined roles and responsibilities. I think this helps keeps ex keep expectations where they should be. Yeah. So if the garbage isn't taken out, I'm not mad at Matt, Matt's not mad at me because what I, we, we know whose job that is. So when you clearly define some jobs, some roles and responsibilities, it helps you know, resolve some of that conflict. What, what are some of our examples? Like you just pay the bills. Like that's just what you, like you physically go online and pay the bills that need to be paid. So there's just not conflict on who's gonna do that, so. And the last one is have no expectations have no expectations. I struggled a little bit with this one while we went through this material because I looked at Matt and I was like, have, should I really have no expectations of you? And you were like, yeah. Um, but exactly. you, you clarified that exactly a little that bit. Because I'm like, I have the expectation that you're not gonna go hang out with someone that you shouldn't be hanging out with, you know? That's, but that's, you were that's like, fair. that's fair. Like yeah. that's a fair expectation to have of your husband. Keep the bar high. Yes. Keep the bar high. You said have no expectations that you haven't already talked about, communicated. Yeah, I mean, here, here's the thing. Because like, this is what yeah, happens I, in our marriage. Yeah, I, I think it's fine to have agreed upon expectations. Agreed upon expectations. Right. I, I think the problem comes yes. when you have expectations and the other person has no idea that that's an expectation. <laughs> Yeah. Like, oh. This happened a lot early in our marriage. It would be like a Saturday evening, and all of a sudden I'm getting a little teary-eyed, and I'm like, God, I really wanted to spend our Saturday this way. And Matt's like, like would be great to know this morning. I <laughs> didn't know that, you know? <laughs> so I just, and my response was, I just wanted you to know. You know, I just wanted him to know these things. And so just communicate what those expectations yes. are. And if you haven't communicated them, then you can't have expectations. So yes. I can't have expectations of what Matt's gonna do when he gets home from work, or I can't have expectations of what he's gonna be like on a Saturday morning um, if I haven't communicated those. So. Yes. Next one, focus on the other's needs and desires. Focus on the other's needs and desires. I thought of the example just a lot of times, we've been home all day, we, I homeschool my kids, and. I'll be like, babe, can we go to, you know, we have a gym kind of in the town next to us that we like to go swim at. I'm like, can we just go to the W tonight? And you'll usually say yes. 
after you've been gone all day because you know that we could use to get out of the house. So I thought that was an example of putting others' needs first. Last one, learn to communicate with wise words. Wise words. And we're going to get into this a little bit in the next part. And this is the end, so we're getting there. Awesome. Should I do these? Yep. So, I mean, this is just kind of a guideline. <clears throat> and I think, depending on your personality, you either speak a lot or you maybe are a person of fewer words. But the reality is, is what comes out of your mouth is, is important. Yeah. And how you do that. I mean, like, you communicate all the time with your significant other. And there's a right way to do that, a wise way. And then there's also a lot of stupid ways in which you can do that. So we're just going to look at a handful of Proverbs to fill in some blanks here that I think will be helpful. Uh, Josiah, you want to read that first one? It's actually just underneath. Yeah. And it's what? Yep. The what? I don't yep. think oh, they good. have. Oh, I'm okay. sorry. Yeah, Proverbs 18, 21, the tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Yeah, so the blank there is what should I say? Michelle, you want to go the next Proverbs 1624? Yep. Yeah, so it's also important to know like how should I say it? I mean, this one's huge for me. Like people can say the exact same thing, but depending on the tact and like how they say it can be received completely different. Right? So Emily can say something one way, and it's like, oh my gosh. That was really offensive. She can say the exact same words in a different way. And it's like, ah, thanks. It's just weird, but for me personally, how something is said to me matters a ton. Yeah. And her knowing that, she can do a good job at that. So, uh, Strayer, you want to take Proverbs 8, 6 through 8? Listen, for I have worthy things to say. I open my lips and speak what is right. All the words of my mouth are just. None of them is crooked or perverse. Yeah. So is it true? Yeah, this is the example that you put here. Avoid the words always and never. Like, I, sometimes I'm like, you always or you never. And you're like, well, that's just not really true. Like, I don't never do that. So that was so an I'll give example. you an example. Is this, can I use a snowblower example? Yes. Because yeah. it's not very often that I just say something yeah. just obviously false. But So uh, Emily's aunt and uncle gifted us a snowblower when they moved to Florida six, seven years ago. So we moved to our house. And, it was, and it's, it's a, it was a really nice one. It's like, yes. The one that you'd uh, use for like really long driveways and sidewalks that go all around your house. Yeah. We so don't have Anyways, that. we just have like a shorter double. <laughs> there was a little conflict here. There was just a short, like we, we have a double driveway that's, but the thing is, is who's the one shoveling typically? So anyways, uh, it takes up a ton of room. <laughs> Had this thing for six years and the reality is we don't use a it a lot. I mean, we use it a handful of times in the winter, right? And so uh, we got the idea. We have kids who are getting older. We didn't have the idea, but Emily had the idea. <laughs> but we have kids who are getting older, and they can be our snowblowers, right? They can help us shovel. I'm like, that's great in theory. Yeah. Right. In a, he in just a didn't trust situation. that it was yes. really going to come. Yep. So, so, anyways, uh, the night before I sold the snowblower, we had a conversation, <laughs> and she's like, uh, "You said a couple of things always and never. You said it never yeah. works." I'm like. <laughs> We it never it. works. Yeah. We always have to service it. It's like, okay, uh, we've serviced it once, <laughs> always. And last March it didn't work, never. I mean, it's just one of those things where if, it's if just you not can true. Avoid, yeah, it just isn't true. I mean, if you can avoid the words always and never, I think a lot of time, because we, we get emotional and we get yeah. revved up. It's like, you always do. It's like, actually, you probably don't. 
Yeah. And you never, it's like, actually, you probably do. Yeah. So, I mean, just those are a couple words that it's like, there might be a handful of times when those are appropriate, but most of the time, yeah, they're not. So, say oh, what is true, always and never, probably aren't words <laughs> you want to have the tip of your tongue all the time. This guy was on his way to buy the snowblower for Matt, and I turned to him in like a last moment of like, are you sure this is a good idea? Like, Am I sure? <laughs> like, are you kidding me? It's like, I'm not so sure anymore. It's like, oh my God. We no longer have it. it it's sold. So you know, we'll see, we'll see how, how this goes. plays out. Uh, Proverbs 15, 23. Jeff, you won't mind reading that on the sheet of paper there? Proverbs 15, 23. Yep. Man finds joy giving his past reply, but how good is it when Yeah, so is it the best time? You do want to resolve conflict quickly. You don't want to let it linger. But there's better times than others within that time frame of quickness that are probably better than others, mm -hmm. right? And so this might be something that you have to figure out. But I know a couple for us is like late at night probably isn't the best time. We're both tired. We both want to go to sleep. And whatever I say and you say probably isn't going to be the best thing. Yeah. Then the other thing I think for us too would be like when one of us is going to leave. Like, if one of us is going to walk out the door, it's the best time to say, hey, no, 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 and try to get a last yeah. word in. Because you know you can't resolve it then because the other person's leaving. Right? So just make sure that is it the best time? A timely word is key. Proverbs 17, 28. Tim, you got that one? Yes. Even a fool is not wise if he keeps silence, and discerning if he holds his tongue. Yeah, so would it be better not said? This, this isn't to say don't address conflict. It's not to say don't bring things to the light. Is, there are some things, though, or some thoughts that we have that it might not be a good thing not to just not say it. Maybe. Yeah. You got any thought there? I struggle with that one because I struggle in my head with, is this something I should not say? But then I hold on to it sometimes. Mm -hmm. And then it comes out while Matt's walking out the door because it's my last moment to say it or something like that. So... I do struggle with that last one about what things are better not said, but oftentimes things are better not said. Mm -hmm. And open your Bible and start journaling, and then your heart starts to change a little bit. So, yeah, those are good. I was like, we need to put those on our wall for our family. Yeah. So, anyways, all right. How awesome. are we doing, babe? We're doing good. Well, guys, uh, as far as content goes, that is it. I would love, though for some Q&A. Not that my wife and I are experts, but we've been married a decent amount of time, 14 years, which is longer than some of you in the room. And Yeah, and while they're thinking about their Q&A, throw out your three things. We never said that. Okay, Jake yeah. and Sarah started last time with, if you could say three things, what would they be? Yeah. And I thought yours were helpful. I actually had four, so I kind of broke the rules. Uh, first one was just have fun. Like, I think we truly do try to, as a couple, as a family, have fun and laugh. Yeah. Yep. We have actually resolved conflict this way, you guys. And I'm not sure if this is like a good thing for everybody, so take it for what it's worth. But, but we, yeah, there's been, been time where we've like, we're just annoyed with, it's more like annoyed with each other probably. And yeah. Matt will come in and be like, all right, let's go play one-on-one -on -one in the driveway. And I'm like, I'm so mad at you right now. Like, I don't want to do that. <laughs> but if we like start breaking that down and just playing a game or you know, some, doing something fun, the other day in the kitchen, you took that, I was kind of annoyed that day. I think more at our day a little bit. I'm not annoyed all the time. I'm making it kind of sound like that. But he took a tortilla, left over a tortilla, and was like, hey. And he was like, hey, hey. 
and just like threw it across the kitchen. And like before we knew it, we we're having like this large game of frisbee in the kitchen. And it just like kind of breaks down a little bit. Don't forget to have fun. That was yeah. your thing and I totally took it, but it's it's definitely one of my things, so. Yeah. I think another thing is just own your spiritual growth. Uh, yeah. Jake t touched on this, I think, quite a bit, and I think Sarah did too. But I think one of the things that happened to us early on in marriage is we were looking for the other one to like complete us. Yeah. For for cheesy phrase, you know, it's like that. Yeah, no, your spouse is not going to fill that void. Yeah. That, that you have. Yeah. Can only be filled by God's spirit. Yeah. And so as awesome as your spouse is, they will never be like the answer to every single problem you have in life. Right? Or they will never be the source of ultimate fulfillment and happiness and joy. They're, they're just not going to be able to do that. And so own your spiritual growth, I think, is a huge thing. Uh, think and invest long term. I don't mean that necessarily financially. But just as you go on with life, like what are the things that if I do now are going to have a huge impact later for, for the better? That's key in family with a bunch of kids. That's key in marriage. That's key just in life. But like, what, what are the things that I do now that have huge payoffs? Have huge, and a date night could be one of those. Um, yeah, I mean, just lots, lots of stuff. Yeah. So, <clears throat> last one is uh, be there for each other. I mean, I loved how Keller phrased that in his, you know, in, in that chapter five of, you have the unique ability to either crush your spouse and or you have the unique ability to either like give them a huge win in their sales like nobody else can. And you have the power to do that. Yeah. And so which one of those will you do? Like be for your spouse, be yeah. for each other. Yeah. That's key. I don't know, I, you're, mine have already been talked about. I think the one thing that maybe hasn't been talked about is don't run from hard seasons. Um, like the heart, my hardest season since being married was having my, we have five kids. People are like, how do you have five kids? I'm like, one kid was the hardest for me. It was such like a rock, in, like it rocked my world. I didn't know how to like, I didn't know how to even change a diaper. I didn't know what I was doing. Um, that was a really hard season for us, but I wouldn't trade it. I wouldn't change it, you know, cause we went through that valley together and within the covenant of marriage where nobody's running, nobody's going anywhere, you have to figure it out. And you come out on the other side just different and better. And we were hanging out with Josiah and Michelle last night a little bit. And I just remember thinking, I loved our first year of marriage. It was so fun. Like we were just like, no one else mattered, you know? And I mean, that had lasted for a while for us. And and it was a fun season, it, it, but I, we're I so- it's still going on. I mean, it's maybe a little bit. <laughs> But it's so different now. It's so much deeper. It's so much, it's just better in a different way. Yeah. Like it's just so different. So when you go through those hard seasons and just know you're not alone when you're going through those hard seasons, those are hard and you feel alone. You feel like there's something wrong with your marriage. Just, you know, just know that you're not alone in that. Um, I was gonna say one other thing with that, but that's all I can remember right now. Don't run from hard. Awesome. Do you have any questions, comments? Yeah. Deep thoughts? Conflict specific. Yeah. In two weeks, Matt and I Does get to talk about to, like, sex. So oh, that's like, going to be real awkward. No, that, that might be kind of weird. But. Yeah. Yes. First. You got to learn some methods to take an edge off the board. And mm -hmm. my wife and I just started doing them. And we both come home from work. Yeah. First thing we do is start and say. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. That's awesome. Yeah. 
Any other comments or questions? Yes, Mitch. Yeah, you talked about like bringing people in when they yep. have conflict. Like, do you have an example of that? Or, like, is it more like settling and come to like a meeting on like who's right, who's wrong, or what, what to do, or is it just creating that? Yes. I think it's almost allowing somebody to help you communicate with each other. It's like, this is actually what, exactly, actually what she's saying, and this is what you're saying. And Because when it's this, going back and forth, it's hard to almost, like your words, I felt there was a season in our marriage where I was like, I feel like when I say something, it's getting intercepted and like twisted and turned, and then that's the way you're hearing it. Like, I didn't even mean anything negative by that, but somehow you're hearing it that way, and the same thing going back to us. So it's almost like, a, okay guys, here's, Here's our, let's just have this conflict with you guys. You know, this is like, this is what our conversation is, how it's going. Can you just hear us say this and just help us just kind of hear what the other one is actually intending to say almost. Yeah, and I, I think too, I mean, there's, there's like a, I mean, there's a little bit even maybe before that where it's just talking to somebody about like, I'll give you these. Like, I, I could come to you, Mitch, if we were like super good friends, you know, you knew me super well and vice versa. I could come to you and, and not vent, but say, yeah. Emily and I are in the season, we're going through this, and, and, and if you really had my best interest in mind, you would a lot of times say, Matt, you're, you're an idiot and you're wrong. But, yeah. Well, that's super helpful. Right? And, and so it's just our, our, the people who you're inviting in, whether it's you talking to one other gal or, you know, yeah. not you, but Leah, you, you know, or Emily's talking to a gal and I'm talking to a gal. Like, do they have our best interests in mind? And can they almost be, be a mirror that just holds up truth to us? Like, you're right, I'm an idiot. Sorry, right? Or there are times where... fuel to the fire. Yeah, yeah. Because the last thing you want to do is go bet something like, yeah, you're right, my wife does that too. And you're like, now you're even more mad. And it's like, that, yeah. that doesn't help because the ultimate goal isn't to win, it's, it's to seek resolution. Right? But a lot of times when we try to in, invite others into it, it's to hear our side of the story and to support our thoughts and or argument because that's not helpful you know so yep other questions I mean it's it's one of those things I think where just experience has helped us a lot but uh, I think for us one, one of the things like the, the right time is not right before bed and right before one of us is leaving, right? And so it really is, don't, don't let it... Get to that Yeah, I mean, we, so there's a lot of things that could get in the way of us. It's, it's, we have busy schedules, we have a bunch of kids. We, I mean, like if, if you were to look at what we, it's like, gosh, when is a good time? So I, I think it's finding a good time as soon as possible, but then making sure that you're doing it when it's a good time. You know, and so, some people, I mean, Depending on your personality, you might you might be the kind of person who's just like hot-headed. And so like the first moment might not be the best moment because you're so hot-headed that you can't have a logical conversation. Mm -hmm. Right? So, so like when when for you is the first or quickest good time, and then settle it then. Yeah. Does that make sense? 
It's tricky with kids. It, it is. It's tricky with I mean, kids like we, and schedules and just the timely response. Sometimes you have to create that timely response. Like, so for yesterday, we had to work through some stuff and I knew Nat, Ethan was gonna nap. I had the other kids pick up and I put him in front of a TV show. Cause I was, and it was helpful. It was the middle of the day, mm -hmm. nobody was tired. Um, but it took a little work to create that time, I guess. So it's sometimes I think we waited for a time, but there might be seasons where you're like, I have to create a time. Or I have to like be like, hey guys, can you take my kids for this afternoon or whatever, so. And there are times too where it's like, hey buddy, can you go, go up in your room and draw? I mean, just like, because yeah. we find ourselves like, mom, dad, mom, dad, mom, dad. <laughs> and it's like, can, can you just give us 10 minutes? Yeah. And it's not, you're trying to hide stuff, but it's no. like, but you also don't want, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Yep. So be, be intentional with creating that time. It's good. There are seasons when it's harder to do that. Mm -hmm. For sure. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that's what that. Like, what, how often do you bring your kids into that or like yeah. discuss in front of your kids? I don't know if we're winning in that department or not. I, I thought of that sometimes. I will, uh, like, there. <clears throat> I'm, I'm the less emotional one of the, like, I just, and maybe even to a fault. Like, I, like I, I don't get emotional typically a lot. And so, what I try to do, and I don't know if this answered your question directly, but I try to be super uh, intentional with what I say to my kids when she's not around about stuff. So like the other day, I don't remember what it was, but I think I was taking maybe Elliot and somebody else somewhere. And you could tell that Emily was having a harder time. And so Ice fishing, I can, were you taking my ice fishing? I don't think so. No, okay. But I can do one of, I, I can do three things. I can completely ignore it, pretend everything's fine. Like, <laughs> isn't this great, buddy? Like, and they're like, I'm not I'm an scared. idiot dad, right? Or I can badmouth her and be like, can you believe your mother? <laughs> like. Just, I mean, I'm, yeah. I'm right, right? Like, she's emo. I mean, no, you're, no. Or three, like, I, I can have a, hey, mom's having a hard time. Let's do all we can. Like, we, let's do all we can to help her or to support her or to, and so, like, I tend to do that one a lot. Yeah. Um, but it isn't bringing in a, you know, a seven-year-old saying, hey, mom and dad are fighting. Do you want to hear both sides? But it's, it's just trying to, <laughs> in those moments, like, not make your significant other look bad. Yeah. And, and also not pretending everything's fine. Because your kids are smart. You know, they know when yeah. stuff's up. They can feel yeah. tension, so. Yeah, so you would always want to make sure you're speaking highly about their dad, yeah. you know, in front of them. And if that's not the case, then they probably don't need to be a part of it. But also helping them know, I always want my kids to grow up and when they're married, when they find conflict with their, whoever they're married to, not be like, wow, there's something wrong with us. My mom and dad didn't go through that, yeah. you know? and. Or to you know be afraid that there's conflict now. Like, is something going to happen between my mom and dad? Like, I want them to know like conflict is okay. It's going to come up. We're going to figure out how to get through it. Um, so I just would make sure you're speaking highly about the other person while you're trying to do it, and just being honest of like, that's usually my phrase. Mom's just having a hard day, or mom's just having a hard moment here. You know, because they do start to get nervous when mom's not feeling right. Like when mom doesn't look right. Like you know, I'm getting a little rocky here. So just to acknowledge, like, that's okay. Mom's not, mom's kind of having a moment here. Like, it's okay, everything's gonna be okay, but just, I don't know, that's kind of a couple thoughts, I guess. I don't know if we're winning in that department or not, but we're not really yellers. We're not art, like, that's not how we argue. Not that that's, yeah, 
I don't know if that's better or worse. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I think our kids better can, or worse, Yeah, I mean, we'll have we'll have tension, but it isn't ever like. Ah, I mean, it's just we yeah. just don't we just don't yell at each other. That's we have tension and argue, but we don't. Yeah, it comes out all differently. Yeah. So. Anything else, guys? Any other questions? I don't know how long people have been married. Can we just do that real quick? Yeah. Like, who's like zero to one year? Just <laughs> Josiah and Michelle. Is there anyone else? You guys. Zero nice. to one. How about like one to five? Like, who's five or less? Nice. Who's five to ten? Ten to twenty. 10 to 15, let's do 10 to 15. How long are you guys? 15. What are you guys? 15. 15. Who's like 15 and over? Who's more than 15? How many years? 37. 37. Nice, okay. awesome. Yay, awesome. I love that. Awesome. What was like the hardest like years, would you say? Can you share that? Do you know, like, was there like a season of life that was like, this was hard? Ours was like 10 to 12. I, we hit year 10 and we were like, oh my word, what is going on here? Like this, this was just a harder year. Saying, this, this sucks. This sucks. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> but just the years of like, I don't like you as much right now, you know? You're and different. New and so that was our season. Did you guys have a season that was like maybe harder than others? I would say, um, not necessarily. Teenagers. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 It's so true. I think through the stages of life, there are you're gonna have hard times and you, there's these hard times you have, you know, the first couple of years getting to know each other. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of uh, you know uh, am I offending her or whatever? And I don't even know her that well yet. But you but those were great years, you know, we spent a lot of great time together. You five years before you had children. That's good. Thanks for sharing. I remember the time I realized as a parent, like, I was stressing about naps, and someone was like, you, like, there will be a stage in, li in life with parenting that you can't fix with a snack and a nap. And it's like, ugh. Oh. Just 
didn't see that coming almost. You just can't fix all the problems. Yeah, yeah I mean, I, I like how you mentioned that book. I mean, there's this chapter five, this whole book is good, so read it. it Do is. the assignments if you. It's way smarter yeah. than that, and I. Yes. Uh, all that to say, <clears throat> my wife and I dated, we were high school sweethearts. So we dated for like 2,500 days before we got married. I mean, like, think about really that. Really? How many That's, days? Well, it was seven years, so. Yeah, okay. It was a lot. It was a lot. It was a lot of days. Uh, yeah. So anyways, I, I feel like we, we knew each other fairly well. I mean, it wasn't yeah. like we dated for six months, got married, and like, oh my gosh, I had no yeah. idea. Yeah. Um, all I have to say, though, you're right. I mean, we do change. Yeah. Right? And I think, I don't know if it was in this chapter or a different one, but like, it, it is your choice to love your spouse. You, you don't love her or him based off of how you feel that day. You make a choice, a lifelong mm -hmm. commitment, a lifelong choice, but then also a daily choice. Mm -hmm. I'm going to love and care for yeah. my spouse today. And that's a, I mean, one of the things that I do, which may be marriage related, maybe not, but every single morning I write down three things that I'm thankful for. Big, small, whatever. But like that, that kind of, so I spend time in God's word and I pray and then I write down three things that I'm thankful for. And a lot of times it's her in some way. It's like that, that reorients my day just to think differently and choose to support her, care for her, love her versus harboring ill will or feelings or whatever. So Yeah. Cool. It is worth it. It's worth the fight, guys. So Yeah. Is this, is this pep talk time? It's worth the fight. You we got to put our hands in. No, just <laughs> yes. Yeah, liar. You guys are newlyweds. You didn't need that. Hey, uh, yeah, Josiah yeah. totally threw Michelle into the bus last night. It, it was, was awesome. It was it a was really awesome. great moment. It was awesome. <laughs> I don't even remember what he said, but uh, we we're like, yeah. yeah keep keep like, on digging. Keep like, on yeah. digging. Well, oh, we were talking about something you weren't very good at. Yeah, they were like, you're not really good And in the middle of it, he throws it. He's like, actually, Michelle's yeah. really not good at it. <laughs> it was a terrible moment. And Michelle went from like, smiling like, really? <laughs> she used her words. Let's go back to these. Yeah. Yeah. You, what better is not, sometimes what is better is not said. So yeah. she just did. Good job. Just Good a job. face. Actually, that can be even better. So. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Well, hey, for next uh, week, Yes. You'll see your assignment. You should do your assignment for next yes. week. Is Chapter it the budget? Of color book and then fill out the budget sheets in the back of your Where are the budget sheets, babe? The back. There you go. Okay. Should we show you the budget sheets? They can find them. I want to make sure they do it. So here are the budget sheets in the back. Fill those out. And hey, and here's the thing. If Before you guys they do come. something different, budget wise, like if you do day, I mean if you do the, something right. else. Just make sure you have something done. Yes. Okay. Awesome. Hey, I'm going to pray, then my wife and I can stick around for a couple minutes if you want. That's what's cool about. But you guys are free to go out there and pray.